Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. What is going on, everybody? We are back. We are three episodes into our World Travel Scam series here on Faked. Thank you guys for joining in. This episode is going to be about Shanghai, China. So if you guys don't know, uh, Shanghai, China is the world's largest city. Okay, And that obviously makes this uh, such a big episode because so many people are visiting this city around the world. It is it just never sleeps. It's uh, basically the New York of Asia, except bigger, as we're, we're, we just mentioned. So we're going to go and talk about some of the uh, just travel facts of the city itself. So because I feel like uh, with the other two episodes, which we've done one on Tokyo and we've done one on Delhi, uh, I wanted to highlight some of the good things about the city. And obvious, I mean, it's pretty obvious, too. You wouldn't have these cities on the highest traveled to uh, lists if they were terrible, you know, if even statistically they were bad, you know, clearly we are just mentioning some of the bad things that can happen. So you're well prepared for when you do go. And so you're not getting taken on a ride. Okay. So this is just going to arm you um, in ways that that's just going to help and make for a more pleasurable experience if by chance you do run into one of these scams. So let's just start off. Shanghai is the world's largest city, okay? So China is known for its crowds. Shanghai is the best example of this. So Shanghai's city proper population was 24 million people in 2014, and it is continually rising. It's not showing any sort of growth, stunt, nothing. So Shanghai's extensive uh, Metro system is necessary to cover its many districts and keep this thriving city running each day. Okay, so when the Chinese government set out to make Shanghai the New York of Asia, they certainly took the motto of the city that never sleeps to heart. Okay, so Shanghai is also the world finance and cultural center. So it's boomed in the last two decades because of China's desire to see it become an international center of finance and culture. Many businesses are thriving in Shanghai and offering new opportunities to China's growing middle class and foreigners looking to broad um, the Chinese market or just, I guess, breach the Chinese market. So it's showing a lot of growth in the sense of business, um, commerce, cultural all that kind of stuff. And they talk about the transportation and how much of a powerhouse it is. So there's 400 miles of tunnel and track connecting the inner workings of Shanghai. So you can get around very efficiently to a lot of different places. It's uh, it's pretty awesome to see just the connection of everything uh, there. Also, Shanghai is close to a lot of beautiful water towns. So if you're not into the whole hustle and bustle of downtown. You can also go into a lot of these, you know, chillier, maybe water towns with a little bit of a breeze to it and things like that. So a lot of cool stuff with ancient towns and waterways uh, that you can get into the canal systems. Gosh, I am, um, I am just going through something with my nose here. Obviously coffee always helps that. So a lot of day trips from Shanghai. So that's great. Um, 
It's the most attractive mainland China city for expats. So in 2016, Shanghai was named the most attractive city for expats, um, which is expatriates, for the fourth time in six years by International Talent Magazine. That's an interesting magazine to, I feel like, say that. So 48,000 expats were polled and asked to rank their city on categories such as living environment and policies for um, foreign professionals. Shanghai was home to more than 170 expats in 2015. So it looks like there's a lot of transplants into there. So look, let's look at some of Shanghai's top sites. So modern um, is the Bund, the Oriental Pearl TV Tower, and the Shanghai Tower. Uh, ancient is the Yu Garden, the Jade Buddha Temple, and City God Temple. Some of the museums are Shanghai Museum, Shanghai Urban Planning Exhibition Hall, Shanghai Municipal History Museum, and then amusement is Shanghai Disneyland, of course. So, looks like in this city there's a fantastic blend of history and modernity, which is great. Um, So then you get both sides of it. So I think that's enough of what brings people here. But let's talk about what are the most common tourism, uh, tourism scams in specifically Shanghai. So, what, uh, number one here is uh, receiving counterfeit Chinese money. So, uh, the most frustrating scams that people run across is whether you can tell whether um, you're getting real Chinese money or fake Chinese money. A lot of places here are not going to accept U.S. dollars, so you're pretty much pigeonholed into receiving Chinese Chinese money, which is no problem. You know, when you go places, you should expect to use the local um, financial currency like you shouldn't think well everywhere should accept u.s dollars because that's not the case um they're going to have their own currency you wouldn't come i mean you you go to america and you can you can hardly use uh, canadian money and you definitely can't use pesos so that's that just shows you okay so the scam is becoming more rare as penalties for counterfeit money um, are really stiff and very high so it's good to be aware though as we talk about so how the counterfeit money scam plays out. So the Chinese counterfeit money scam plays out in two primary ways, okay? You give a taxi driver a hundred or 50 um, note uh, that they secretly switch it with a fake note and claim that you gave them the fake one. It's a classic your word against mine scam where police can be very little help. So if you never saw the switch, you're left paying yet another hundred uh, on top of that. So... Or next is you pay a small charge to somebody with like a hundred note, okay? In return, they give you a fake 50 note while the rest of the change is real. So they this usually only happens in taxis or street vendors in which they'll put the real note on top of it if you're given multiple dollars back. Here's how we avoid this Chinese counterfeit money scam, okay? Okay, so it's actually a pretty easy scam to avoid if you're careful. And if And uh, it doesn't even require you learning what real Chinese money looks like slash uh, feels like. So, but it's not a bad idea to learn uh, how to spot it. And there's plenty of stuff online. So here are the three things you should do. So get your cash from a reputable source. That means you should withdraw cash from a Chinese bank, a local Chinese ATM machine, or exchange cash, cash with a reputable money changer, not the guy on the street. Um, also try and break, uh, 100 bills at established businesses, not single person services like taxis or tour guides. This means going to a grocery store and paying for like a Coke with 100, then using the change for something like a taxi. So frankly, 
taxi drivers don't really like taking 100 anyways, so um, they'll most of the time be thankful that you do have smaller uh, banknotes when you're talking about, and this is pretty much true anywhere you go. So if you do not know what real Chinese yuan um, should look and feel like, don't be afraid to inspect the cash. Care, uh, compare it with the cash you got from the bank that you know is real. It's common practice here in uh it's common practice in China for any store to inspect the money you give them to ensure authenticity. You can do it too. Okay, so let's move on to scam number two. Transportation scams in China. We're always talking about people getting scammed in transportation because a lot of people are on edge. You know, they're in a stranger's car and people take advantage of that. Okay, they take advantage of anywhere where there's transportation because people are in a hurry. They don't want to miss things. They're, they're usually on their way somewhere. So it's a perfect place and opportunity for somebody to try to get some money out of you. So, all right. So it looks like if you land at a major airport in China, um, then you might end up in a taxi cab because it seems like those are mostly the ones surrounding. Okay, so most of them are going to want a flat rate, which usually is really high and knowing um if, if it's too high is half the battle so if you guys are interested i do have an app uh for purchase on google play store it's called fair is fair that's f-a-r-e is f-a-i-r and basically what it does um, which i've explained in some other podcast episodes of mine you put in your destination and your current uh, you know spot and it will estimate your fare for you. So then you have something to ne uh, negotiate on. So if they tell you, well, it's 300 won, you don't know if that's a good price or not, or if it's comparable to possibly some of the other ones. So in this app, basically the, the whole point of it is, is to level the playing field for you um, to give some point of reference for the negotiation. So um, it's obviously a headache um, if you do run into somebody that is uh, just not not a good person, okay? So, but, you know, that's what the app's for. So this is how the transportation scams usually play out. So let's put them in three different types, okay? So the taxi scam, taxis who want to charge you a flat rate instead of using the designated mate, uh, meter, that's a big one. Don't go with the flat rate. And if they are going to go with the flat rate, make sure it's fair. Make sure it's equitable to what it would be with a meter. Okay, so next was going to be the black taxi scam. A lot of people use black taxis often, um, but basically what a black taxi will do is it will switch the prices on you. Okay, so they'll say, well, I didn't say 31. I said 301. I just happened to, you know, forget that extra zero. So... They're just going to take you without negotiating the price usually. So make sure you get, I mean, outside of writing, make sure you get what um, what you want before you get into the cab. Make sure they can give you what that end designated meter is going to look like. Um, but basically, they're trying to avoid the meter because the meter is what is kind of legislated. That is not something they can negotiate with. But if they want to give you a flat rate... I mean, they can 10 times it, 20 times it. And they'll say, well, it's, it's surge pricing right now. Okay, well, then I'll look for somebody that's not surge pricing. How about that? That's great. So, you know, they're trying to get you to make a quick decision. Don't fall for it. Here's another one is the tour bus scams. Okay, you get what you pay for. So there are some tours that are dirt cheap. But what happens is they take you around to every single tourist trap to make up the cost. So make sure you're paying a decent 
fare for that tour bus. I wouldn't recommend doing tour, tour buses if you're I think just walking around the city and just kind of finding a lot of places, or if you really want to do one, make sure it's a reputable one that isn't like some guy on the street with some beat up uh, pamphlet. Okay. You can just avoid by basically either getting that app I was mentioning. There is a lot of online um, things you can look at or just talking with maybe somebody in the, from the area. So basically it's always asking up front. Don't ever think you can't ask questions. Don't ever think that, well, I think these people are really, you know, they're, they're genuine. Chances are, no, they're not. Um, chances are they may think what they're doing is genuine, but uh, ideally they're there to make money and their idea to, uh, to make money from you. Because if one person's doing it, most of them are probably going to do it too. Because why shouldn't they also make that money? All right. So just stand your ground, negotiate, no problem. Okay. Um. Here are some other transportation tips uh, that I've seen on here. So be wary of getting a flat rate quote. We talked about that one. Um, some person may say, uh, hey, that price was per person, not the whole group. So make sure you negotiate for your entire group. If you're with three people, make sure, well, this is three person quote, right? Don't let them just do it for one. Okay, make sure that's thrown into that. So when arriving at a transportation hub, airport, uh, train station. Just give a no when people approach you to drive somewhere. It's pretty much a ripoff, guaranteed, because they're trying to get you in a rush. Try to you know scope out who you want to drive you there. So petty, petty cab rickshaws are another place where people can easily get scammed. So make sure you know the price beforehand. This is something I'm adding into that app too, is rickshaw prices. They're a little hard to gather, but I'm trying to accumulate them to for the larger cities. So be looking for those updates. I'll currently, uh, I'll always be updating stuff on the app. So make sure you know the price below hand. Uh, and then an unbelievably low price is obviously uh, a sign of a possible scam too. So, all right, scam number three, the beggar scams in China. Okay. The Chinese beggar isn't always a scam, um, but, you know, just kind of never give money to beggars. I know it sounds not very nice, but most of the time they are just not there for the genuine good. Um, if you do want to maybe help people in the area, again, maybe donate to the local municipality where you know that some of that stuff's being allocated to proper individuals. Um, all right, so... Let's look at the different types of beggars that you may run into that are pretty much mostly scams. So the grabby beggars. These are the people that grab your shirt, start making hand gestures, signaling the need for money. Most people tend to give money just to get them off their back because they're relentless, which then you're encouraging people's behavior. So that's not a good way to do it. So never give money in that situation. Absolutely not. The next is the for a cause beggars. So every once in a while on a bus or subway, you'll be approached by somebody, uh, usually deaf, mute, or acting like it, who shoves a piece of paper in your face and talks about some cause. These are too easy to fake. However, um, in many of those cases uh, have been reported in media. So just, I would say, shake your head no. It's pretty easy to do. Um, but absolutely do that. So disabled beggars. This is pretty heartbreaking usually, but um, uh, there are some people missing limbs or disfigured in some way that are sitting with piercing eyes uh, that reach into your soul. So you're kind of more inclined to give them money in case because that's pretty hard to fake. So giving them something as little as like five won, which is like a dollar, 
it goes a long way. So that is an, a case to where maybe the proof is in the pudding. You see what's going on. There's really no way to fake it. You're trying to help them out. So silent beggars, okay? You'll see these people on the street with their head hung down and a sign on the ground that details their situation. If you can't read Chinese, you'll never know exactly what's wrong. Usually uh, it's a relative or family situation. People do sometimes give to these as well because, again, they're not really engaging in a violent act. They're not trying to scam you in any way. They're just kind of down on their luck. So there are use your best judgments, and I'd say those two that I just mentioned are probably on that list. So next is the fake monks. It's an actual scam where people dress up as monks asking for donations. These are pretty much in that area where real monks could possibly be walking around. However, they're probably not in trainers, and they're probably not on the street trying to get you, shake you down for money. Um, and, you know, they're, I think they go through like some silent treatments. They go through, but they mostly stay at their monastery and things like that. You're not going to find them in the, the area of uh, tourism. Scam number four is the China Tea House slash art school scam. So the Chinese Tea House scam is a well-documented scam that continues mostly because it still works. So the scammer is usually a college-age student or a beautiful young lady, and the target is most often a solo male. You're going to find the scam mostly in tourist areas of larger cities like uh, Shanghai, as we're talking about right now. You might have seen it in Beijing as well. So here's how the tea house art school scam works, okay? The gist of the scam is that a Chinese person will come up to you and begin very innocent conversation. Okay, after trust has been established, they will ask you if you want to join them and their friends for tea. Like, I know this great place you'll love. Very traditional Chinese tea. Or to come view their traditional artwork. So with the tea house scam, you arrive to sample some tea and your new friend suddenly disappears, leaving you to pay for the overpriced tea. So the Chinese person got a commission for bringing you there. So with the art school scam, they use the trust they've created with you to guilt you into buying cheap art for inflated prices. Okay, you justify it by saying to yourself, well, the art isn't bad, and now I'll have a story on how I met the painter. But in fact, you probably just uh, purchased some mass-produced cheap art, and you definitely get ripped off, okay? So here's how to avoid these scams. Be wary of anybody who initiates contact with you. So Chinese people are generally very introverted people, and such genuine contact generally isn't normal. So don't avoid the locals. Just be on guard if somebody comes approach it, come approaches you but is like overly friendly. Okay, test your new friend, okay? If someone asks you to go somewhere with them, test them by suggesting another good place that you know about. If they insist on theirs, you probably should assume it's a scam. So that's a way to kind of deflect it with it just out, like without out, outing them and immediately and, you know, inflating it into something that it doesn't need. So never eat or drink without knowing the price first. Variations of the scam include cave, uh, KTVs, bars, and other places where they could get you to drink and only... Uh, later show you the crazy high bill. Once you've consumed their product, you're stuck with it, unfortunately. So finally, don't be afraid to say no. It may feel re uh, rude to you, uh, especially as this art student looks uh, like with pleading eyes and, you know, poor, struggling artist. But you don't have to buy anything, okay? Same with food and drink. Even if they put you on the table, you don't have to eat or drink it. You're just welcome to say no. All right. Scam number five, China's price gouging scam. So let's talk about the price gouging scams in China, even though uh, most of it is kind of covered in the scams we talked about. It's pretty much where you're quoting an outrageous price just because you have a foreign face. Okay, and this is something else my app 
uh, it's supposed to help you with uh, leveling the playing field for tourists. Now, it's not technically a scam, um, but this is how the price gouging in China works. So as you'll find when you start shopping in China, most in, uh, items aren't individually priced, leaving you to ask how much everything costs. Because haggling is part of the business in China, which is why when you go to Chinatown and stuff like that, usually they uh, are pretty cool with you trying to get the price down because most of the time they've started really high. Shop owners are used to it and um, they will try to discount it down to, you know, still profitable. So they usually will quote if they see a foreign face five to 10 times the usually cost. Basically that is them saying, well, we know you have more money. We're going to make you spend it. And most people aren't going to question it because that's not part of our culture here is to haggle. Mostly we have pricks, uh, prefixed uh, menu prices and the only real way that we get to negotiate stuff is like cars and stuff like that. So it happens when you're hiring cars in China, shopping in the market, especially once you're in a tourist zone. So always be on your guard. Just assume you're paying too much. Here's how to avoid price gouging. You need to expect to pay higher than locals in many cases. So don't really sweat a couple dollars, okay? But when it's raising the price 10 or 15 or 20 times, that's crazy. So watch a local buy. When you go anywhere, kind of see what a local is paying for it. It might be in Chinese, but see what they're passing off. So be prepared to haggle basically what that person paid. All right. And that's like the best way is just see how people uh, react in the area to, uh, you know, people who live there. You know, the uh, the people that are currently every day, when, when you're behind somebody in line, see what they're paying for that food you're about to order and then say, well, they just paid this, so I'm probably going to pay this. And that's probably the best way to do that. So, guys, that is Shanghai, China. There's obviously more scams to be had, but these are the top ones that I wanted to go over just to um, encourage you to also do a little more investigating if you are going to go to Shanghai or any large Chinese city. So guys, be looking for our next episode in this list, and uh, we'll be back to normal programming of counterfeit items and uh, how to detect them. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.